Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Amen. One man's grinning from behind the net. Wait till the camera's adjusted. Don't you worry about the flack you'll get? Aren't you scared of getting busted? The ball gets booted. It hits the crossbeam. Up goes the banner. John 3.16. He don't worry about the critics. They toe the line. He don't worry about the cynics. They love to whine. He ain't got to change the world, but he knows who can. Banner man. Primetime football in Buffalo snow, freezing his little epidermis. Lifts that banner at the first field goal. Drinks clam chowder from a thermos. He's never missed a game. He never spells it wrong. He never talks back when they tell him, move along. Sports fans everywhere dying for a drink, but they got to find the well first. One man's ready with a banner and a wink. A whole lot of souls are getting well-versed. Every time I see him, I smile a little more. I can't help praying for another high score. He don't worry about the critics. They've met their match. He don't worry about the cynics. They navel gaze. He ain't got to change the world, but he knows who can. Banner man. That song was Banner Man, sung by Steve Taylor, about one of the most familiar verses in the Bible. But I wonder how many know the actual words. Neon lights and stained glass windows, old bar stools and back row pews. I ran to one more than the other, but I couldn't outrun you. Trying to fill up the empty, trying to numb the pain inside, thinking you'd never forgive me for all those Saturday nights. But thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for 316. And the words in red that you say you bled and gave your life for me, thank God for a choir singing and the voice saying, come back home. Saturday night looked like the end of the story, but thank God for Sunday morning. Now, I know you're no stranger to broken hearts like mine. It's what you do. Yeah, somehow you bring dead things back to life. It might look as if it's over, as a stone over a grave. But I've seen you move. I'm living proof. You still roll stones away. Thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for 316. Sunlight through the stained glass window feels like freedom on my face. Really is a new beginning. It really is amazing grace. Thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for 316. Saturday night looked like the end of the story. Mm -hmm. But thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for 316. And that song is sung by Cochran and Company. I've wondered about the emphasis of John 316 and why 17 isn't popular too. 
Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Saved, meaning being brought to wholeness, to fullness, a healing of the world, and for us to join forces with Jesus in this great work. Some of the religious people who talk about being born again as a requirement tend to condemn many. The verses after 16 are not included in today's reading, but they describe people who condemn themselves by staying in darkness and not turning to the light of God. Now, sometimes we might not feel beloved of God, that God so loved the world, but not me or you. I grew up in a church that I perceived as filled with thou shalt nots. And my version of God was a stern judge with a clipboard making black marks on my soul for any transgressions. I felt condemnation, which did not allow a close, loving relationship. Leon Patello has a song, John 6, 7, 317. God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. He is standing so very near. Open up your heart, child, and don't fear, because the doors of life stand open to you. All you have to do is to step on through. God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world so that the world might be saved through him. In January and again in February, Reverend Judy told us that God does not condemn us, that God loves. So let's think about this space, the Eucharistic prayer in John three sixteen and 17. This beautiful array on the altar table might be surprising for the season of Lent. We Maybe the expectation would be for more muted penitential tones. The words are one side, or I am the vine, and you are the branches on the other side. So that wavy horizontal aqua is the vine, and the colorful leaves attached to it, Sam explained, represent diversity. We don't see the branches, but we know they are, uh, those further from the vine are attached. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Now there's another reason for the bright colors. They are connected to the source of life and are vibrant, vibrant, thriving joyfully. And as we read this morning, God sent the Son into the world in order that the world might be saved through him. They are connected to eternal life. They take it up in their leaf veins and flourish. Now, this large horizontal aqua color, because of its color, could also be seen as the river of life, the stream of living water that's also in John's gospel. With the diversity of creation, quenching thirst, and drawing sustenance and eternal life from it. The community is interconnected. Like last week when Josh asked all of you to gather near Judy and Martha for Sam's blessing, 
People placed their hands on their backs and shoulders, but not all could reach them. So they put their hand on the shoulder of the one in front of them. In this way, all the connection is shared. We bless each other. In, in our connection, stay vibrant and bloom, drawing from the source of life. Thank you for this lovely and meaningful contribution to our Lenten observance as we dwell not on our inadequacies, but on the giver of healing, wholeness of life, eternal life. God so loved the world. Now let's look at Eucharistic Prayer D, B, and pray this Lent. It's a great, majestic prayer of thanksgiving. We acclaim you, Holy Lord, glorious in power. Again and again, you called us to be in covenant with you. Oh God, you love the world so much. Sound familiar? That in the fullness of time, you sent your only son to be our savior. And the memorial acclamation begins. We praise you. We bless you. We give thanks to you. Eucharist means thanksgiving. And this prayer gives abundant thanks to our loving God who honored us by sharing Jesus with us as our teacher and our reconciler. Now in the gospel we read, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Different translations in the Bible say born anew or born again. New Testament scholar Marcus Borg explained born again is the personal transformation that lies at the center of the Christian life and is only found in this section of John's gospel. Born again is the New Testament's emphasis on death and resurrection dying and rising as a metaphor to the spiritual transformation of the Christian life. And it's central to Jesus, the gospel, and Paul's letters. Being born again, born from above, happens at our baptism, dying to our old self, dying to the old way of being and doing. We are a new creation in Christ. Everything old has passed away. We read in 2 Corinthians 5. We enter into the household of God with an identity centered in God, Jesus, Spirit, to live as if in the kingdom or dominion of God. Jesus came to live among us to show us how to live, to raise us to wholeness, to give us eternal life. The Spirit of God within. Think about it. It's more than I can wrap my head around. God's Spirit abiding in each one of us. Does that bring forth feelings of awe, gratitude, unworthiness? How often we may neglect to appreciate God's presence, forget and act contrary to the guidance. How often we neglect to see that presence in others. Let's go back to verse 17 with no condemnation. I, like many others, named Curcio as my time of being born again. 
The name of my Curcio in another diocese was Bears of Much Fruit. From that, John uh, 15 was the gospel with I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me will bear much fruit. There I met a God of love that I either had not known before or had not recognized. And it was life changing. No more judge with the clipboard. A short time later, and maybe you do this often, but it was another life-changing moment for me. I said, I love you, God. Now, I know there's only one God, and God's human manifestation, Jesus, may seem a little more approachable, or the Spirit, too, rather than the creator of the universe. Bright, huge, radiating light of massive spiritual energy, or however you picture God. I had sung the sentiment, but it wasn't the same to sing about it. Like glorify thy name. Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify thy name in all the earth. Glorify thy name. Glorify thy name. Glorify thy name in all the earth. With verse 2 being, Jesus, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify thy name. And verse 3, Spirit, we love you. We worship and adore you. Glorify thy name. And then there's the song, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. We have a covenant with God that remains a relationship with both parties contributing, caring, loving. How many times have you heard someone on the phone or perhaps yourself included saying, I love you too. I hope you know in your heart that God loves you and that you can accept it, relish in it, and can reciprocate. Another song. Remember Barney the Purple Dinosaur? <laughs> I love you, you love me, we're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? God has told us of God's abiding love. Our closing hymn today is, O love, how deep, how broad, how high. Have you told God of your love too, in word and deed? Rebirth, a transformation within our hearts and minds. When we trust God to truly change our heart, we embark on a journey that transforms us from inside out. Reborn into a God-centered life. Each morning when we get up, we enter in a new day that was a day with new challenges and new possibilities. Like the opening of the blinds to the morning sun. Jesus brings light not only to the darkness of our lives, but to the darkness of the world. For God so loved the world, and God came not to condemn the world, but to save it.